0: All right, everybody's really depressed now about the relationships after seeing seeing that or whatever. I don't know. Hey, my name is TJ and I'm one of the pastors here at Coastal and we are so glad you're here joining us as we begin this new series, Man Versus Wife. And I know some of you guys that have walked in here, maybe you're single and you're thinking, oh man, a relationship series, a marriage series, you know, what is this really gonna do for me? And I just wanna tell you that the principles that we're gonna be talking about over the next couple of weeks are things that all of us can apply to all relationships. It's not just marriage relationships, it's relationships and friendships. It's relationships with family. That if we apply the principles that we're going to learn, they're going to help us to create incredible relationships in our life because we believe that we are who we are because of the relationships we have. But more than anything, we really want to help people have healthy marriages. We believe that one of the, the biggest detriments that's happening in society today is the, the family as we know it has been uh, totally uh, uh, blown to pieces. You know, you do not see family units like you used to see 30, 40, 50 years ago. And we believe that a healthy family, man, is a great start to living a healthy life. And so we want to help people really, really develop healthy relationships. And so my question here for you guys today is is real quick. How many of you guys are married? If you would just raise your hands up real quick. Come on. If you're married, throw your hand up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I know that this is church and so, you know, we have a tendency not to really be honest in church. I don't know why that is, but we come in here and we fake it. Like, we've got it all going on, but most of us are jacked up. I mean, I know I'm jacked up, so there's a good chance you probably are as well. But if you're really, really honest with yourselves, it's, it's kind of like the Christian prom, isn't it? We all get dressed up and think we've got it all going on, but really, we're all just messed up. We just look good that day. Um, how many of you guys were honest would say, in like the last 30 days, you had a, an argument with your spouse? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Pretty, pretty honest group. You notice my hand's up as well. How about how about you guys, how about in the last like week? You had an argument with your spouse. You know, still a lot of hands. How about like in the last like 20 minutes, like on your way to church? <laughs> Anybody? Like while you were in here seeing God is able, you're like, man, God is able to take care of them. I want to see him do that right now. You know, you just, you know, we come into marriage with this idea that we think, man, everything is going to be perfect. Everything is going to be great. We're never going to have any problems. You know, we're we're never going to have a fight. And, uh, you know, it's just this this crazy, crazy thing. And for some reason, isn't it Uh, amazing how your spouse or that person you're in a relationship with, they have the ability to tick you off with the the most insignificant things that would not bother you if anybody else said it. Come on, can I get an amen right there? I mean, like the other day, um, I I was at, we were laying in bed, Shayla and I, and we were just sitting there talking, and and she commented on my breath. And she's like, "Uh, have you brushed your teeth yet? And I was just like... (laughs) What you know? And if somebody else said that to me, you know, they were trying to be nice to me, and I think she was too. But I, it just ticked me off, man. It just want, it made me want to go eat like uh, an onion or something, and just come back and be like, "How do you like me now?" What you know? And it just it's just like one of those things. That just, it just kind of set me off. And it's amazing how for some reason they can do that. And, and a lot of times we go into marriage blindly denying that, man, we're, we're ever going to have any drama. We're ever going to have any arguments. And, you know, I, and I mean, so we, we, we plan these entire months for a particular day. And we're like, man, this is going to be incredible. And let me just tell you something. If you're a dad and you have daughters, do you know that the average wedding costs 25 grand right now? So however many daughters you have, multiply that by 25 grand, eloping is looking real good right now, isn't it? But you know, we, we plan for this incredible day and we spend months and months and months and we're, we're hoping that this day is perfect. And I just wanna tell you, no wedding day is perfect. Now, some of y'all are like, well, my wedding day was perfect. No, it wasn't. You're a drama queen. They just didn't wanna let you know what was happening. <laughs> Like none of them. I remember our wedding, you know, we're getting ready and the people that are bringing the tent for the reception afterwards brought like the wrong size tent and everybody was freaking out. And I was like, what's the problem? They're like, it's the wrong size tent. I was like, oh, that's horrible. Is it almost time for the honeymoon? You know, I was just like, that's all I cared about. I didn't care about that. But for a lot of us, we think, man, if I can plan and plan and plan, I'll have this incredible day. And we have this illusion that just like this day is perfect that the rest of our lives are gonna be completely perfect as well in this relationship. And, and we've bought into this lie, and we get in there, and we, we realize that that is not the, the case at all. And something always goes wrong. And uh, in marriage, there's always going to be some fights. There's always going to be some arguments. And just like there's no such thing as a perfect wedding, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. There's no such thing as a perfect relationship because you're going to fight in your marriage. It, there's going to be a fight in your marriage. And, and, and this is the thing. It's really easy to have fights in your marriage if all you do is look at the other person's faults. It's really easy to fight in your marriage if you're continuously looking at the, the things that they fall short on in life. You're gonna continuously have reasons to argue with them. You're gonna have continuously have contention with them because you're looking at the things where they are not living up. And you know, it's really easy to do that. If I were to ask you, if you're married out there, to point out 10 things that are wrong with your spouse, how many of you guys would have a problem? Don't raise your hand, you know? I mean, because it's like, yeah, if I was to ask Shayla that, she'd be like, 10, that's just getting started, man. I'm just getting some momentum, you know, because there's all kinds of things that our spouses do that, that kind of tick us off or annoy us or cause arguments. And, and this is the thing is, is that, man, God wants us not to be fighting in our marriage, but he wants us to be fighting for it. He doesn't want us to be fighting in our marriage because it's so easy to do that. He wants us to be fighting for it. And, and if you're going to fight for your marriage, it's got to start with what's wrong with me. And most people, that's not a popular thing. Nobody likes to look internally at themselves and say, you know, what am I doing in this relationship to cause the problems? What am I doing to, to make this happen? And, you know, people say, well, you know what? You, you know, 95% of the problems are theirs. Well, let's focus on your 5% then. Because I promise this, as we develop and we look through your 5% and we work on those things, I guarantee you that 95% that they have is gonna dwindle down. And so we've got to start seeing the per, our spouse not as our enemy, but as our teammate in this whole marriage thing. And, we, and if you're in a relationship out there, you've got to see that person that you're in a relationship with not as the enemy, but as a teammate in this battle of life that we're going through. And, and know that God wants to fight for your marriage. And if you're going to fight for your marriage, you've got to fight for what first and foremost is wrong with you and work through those things. And see, this is, this is kind of the key for this, this whole day today as we, we go into this, is this whole thought, if we're going to fight for our marriage, our marriage or our future marriage will be go beyond our imaginations when I focus on my responsibilities rather than my rights. So many of us are focused on our rights or our perceived rights that we forget about the responsibilities that we have as a husband or that we have as a wife. We're saying, well, I deserve this and I deserve that and I want this and I want that, and if they would do this and if they would do that, then, 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 And we're talking about all the rights that we have rather than the responsibilities that we have. And this is the thing, today what we're gonna do is we're gonna dive into Philippians chapter two. If you guys wanna open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter two, if you don't have a Bible, you can look up at the screen, you can look in your bulletin, there's a note page in there. Man, we're gonna be checking out a couple of verses in Philippians chapter two. And uh, we're gonna be looking at some principles here that Paul gives us if we wanna have a successful relationship and we wanna be fighting for our marriage rather than fighting in it. And, And the first thing that we all have got to recognize is that we have got to walk with Christ if we're going to be fighting for our marriage. If you're gonna make it in your marriage, listen, all of us are gonna need some divine intervention. Can I get an amen right now? Divine intervention, because here's the thing, we all roll into our marriage with unrealistic expectations. We all do. I mean, it's inevitable that you walked into your marriage and you had unrealistic expectations. I talk to guys all the time and especially single guys and I start talking about purity and they're like, man, that's really easy for you because you're married and you can have sex all the time. And I'm like, bro, let me just break something off for you. That ain't how it works. (laughs) You know, and and I'll be asking the single guy that's about to get married, "What what are you most excited about? He's like, The honeymoon. I'm like, well, why is that? Because I get to have sex all the time. I'm like, bro, you better find something else because you have 23 hours, 59 minutes, and 45 seconds for the rest rest of your day, man, to do something. (laughs) There better be some more to that relationship. And the problem is, is is guys, man, we have this messed up view of what relationships are going to be like. We have this idea that then when we get married, it's going to be like a 24-7 porn flick or something, you know, because we've watched... Hollywood way too much. And, you know, we walk in and we're like, hey, and she's like, hey, and we go in and we rake up all, all the dishes off the table and, you know, brown, chicken, brown, brown, you know, and it's on, you know, and <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, you go home and you rake all the dishes off your kitchen counter and see what your wife does. She's going to be like, boy, you have lost your mind, bro. <laughs> I mean, that, that is not reality, but so many of us think that, and, and girls, man, we've got, the, the, I've seen this all the time, girls walk in with these perceived ideas that their, their future husband or that guy is going to be their Messiah, and he's going to meet every single one of their emotional needs. And let me just tell you, he's failing, isn't he? Because that guy is never going to be your Messiah. And if we are gonna fight for our marriage, man, we have got to choose to walk with Christ. In Philippians 2, 1, it says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, those united with Christ is where I get the with, walk with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. And what Paul is doing right here is he is giving us a checklist of what a healthy relationship looks like. He's given us, listen, there are some, there are like four things that if you're looking at in your relationship, if you're continuously looking at these things and you're evaluating these things, this will tell you how well you're doing in your relationship. And if how you're walking with Christ and what that looks like, and are you really fighting for your marriage? And I think that there's some really, really key things here. And the first one is A is encouragement. Is there encouragement in your marriage? Let me kind of just talk to the guys and I'm gonna to talk to the girls a little bit. Guys, are you encouraging your wives? Are you speaking well of them and to them and when they're not even around, are you speaking well of them? Because here's the deal. For some reason in society today, there is this thing where guys are continuously demeaning their wives and putting them down for cheap laughs. They're like, hey, I'm going home to the old lady or I'm going home to the old hag or the old ball and chain. And we say all these demeaning things. And let me just tell you something. If you're talking about your wife like that, that is not drawing her heart to you at all. In fact, if you're talking about your wife like that, you suck. That is the worst way to have a relationship because that is not doing anything to make her want to love you, be around you, be united with you at all. In fact, what you don't even realize is that you're talking bad about yourself because when you get married, you're two and you become one. You're not just saying those things about her, you're saying them about yourself. In today's society, you know what it's, it is? guys need to recognize that the way that we talk about our wives is a reflection of who we are in our relationships. And the thing is, is when we speak well of our lives and we're encouraging about our wives and we're talking about how great they are, other people are drawn to that because they don't ever see it. And God wants to use your relationship and the encouragement you're giving your spouse and the encouragement you're giving to your wife and how you talk about her and how you uplift her to encourage encourage other people to live a godly lifestyle with their spouse as well. And so guys, man, are you encouraging your spouse? Are you building them up? Ladies, are you a consistent source of encouragement to your husband because I'll tell you this, man. You, you, you show me a guy who's encouraged by his wife, and I'll show you a guy who believes he can do anything in this world. Man, I, I'll tell you what. Every Sunday, I go, when, I, when I'm at home getting ready, I go and I get dressed, and I walk into the bathroom, and Shayla's always in the bathroom, and I just stand there, and I just wait for her to say something, because I want her to be like, mm, you look nice today. And right there, that bam, I'm encouraged. I'm like ready to go rope the moon, preach with whatever Bible. I'm ready to go at it because I'm encouraged by my wife. Man, how are we speaking about one another? What are we saying? How are we doing those things? You know, and, and the thing is, is that we don't realize is, man, ladies, if you encourage your guys, man, they will do anything. You encourage him when he, walk, when he carries in the groceries, you will see him over there curling some Campbell's chunky Soup, put it away, saying, baby, when's the next trip to the grocery store? Because he's encouraged, man. He will do whatever for you. Well, TJ, you just don't know my, my husband. He just doesn't do anything good. Well, listen, it's not about your rights. It's about our responsibilities. Ladies and guys, man, we have got to be a source of encouragement to our spouse. B is comfort. Comfort. Men, when your wife hears you walk in the door, does she feel a sense of comfort or does she feel conflict? Does she feel a sense of comfort? If you don't know, ask her. But TJ, you don't know my wife. She's crazy. Well, you married her, guy. I mean, you gotta ask that thing. Are you a source of comfort? And and I'm really gonna hit this this up next, next week, big time. So guys, it's our responsibility to be a source of comfort to our wives it's our responsibility to bring security to their lives ladies do you bring comfort to the marriage or are you one of those ladies you know the ones that are all emotional that throw things that yell that scream that burst out in tears are you one of those let me just tell you something that does not bring comfort to any guy's relationship first of all because we don't understand any of those emotions because we don't have any You think I'm joking. We don't, it does not comfort. And we got to recognize that, man, the way that we act emotionally, the way that we respond to things creates comfort or it creates conflict for both sides. And that comfort starts with who we are. Are we walking like Christ? Are we living daily in his presence to, to, to have that strength, not from that person, not be relying on them, but relying on him so that he is our strength, that he is our source. And that way we can bring that strength and that source to our spouse. C, fellowship. Are you finding ways to spend more time with your spouse or less? You know, it, it's funny to me because when people get married, they think to themselves, you know what? Now that I'm married, I can have sex all the time. And basically, but I can still live my single lifestyle. And that isn't the case at all. And I see this with guys all the time. There's guys, they love to play softball. I know that we're, we're down South and there's softball fields all over the place. And guys love to go out there and play softball. And they think they're great at softball and like they're the best thing ever. And if you were so good at softball guys, let me just tell you something. You'd be playing for the Marlins. Okay. So you're not that good. And what you do is you're out there playing softball and your girlfriend's out there and she's watching you. She's at every game and, and, eventually you get married and she's still coming to your games and eventually you have kids and they're at your games and they're causing chaos and stuff. And let me just tell you something. She does not like softball at all. No, she does. She likes coming out and watching me. No, she doesn't. You're being selfish. You need to stop. Because here's what we got to realize that if we're going to have this idea, if we're going to have this fellowship, we've got to find things that we enjoy doing together. It's not just one-sided. In fact, I was talking with a guy one time and he was like, my girlfriend loves to watch me play video games. I was like, no, she doesn't. (laughs) No girl loves to watch her boyfriend play video games all night and do mindless things with their thumbs. I mean, that is just not fellowship. There is no relationship that's happening there. And ladies, if you don't like something, you gotta tell your guy, you can't keep telling him you love football and you don't even know what a first down is, it doesn't work. We gotta be honest and we gotta find things that we can do together to enhance our relationship, to spend quality time together, to have fun together, to create conversation. Letter D, tenderness and compassion. Tenderness and compassion. Do we have tenderness and compassion in our relationship? And what what I really mean about this is when we see something going on in our spouse's life that that is not going well, do we have the ability to go and communicate with them and help them change paths for the direction that they're heading down? Because a lot of times we just want to go out and we just want to point out their faults and we just want to tell them like it is, but that isn't how Jesus changed us, man. He came with grace and tenderness and compassion and started loving us where we were And drew us to him by his grace and mercy. And the same thing is true with us, man. If we will approach things that we're struggling with, with one another, with tenderness and compassion, it will draw that person to us. And this is the thing. If we can approach it like that, there is not a problem in the world that we cannot overcome. If we approach every situation with tenderness and compassion. Because the thing that we gotta realize is that, man, we don't got it all going on. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, um, my wife and i we i am kind of anal about a couple of things, and, and one of those things is is cars. And um, and I was letting my wife drive. What I had at the time was was this BMW, and um, she was out, and we were—I was sitting in the passenger seat, and we were driving along. And for some reason, she's not very good at at taking curves real well, and she keep she curved like my rim like four times. And I was just like so ticked off at that because I'm like, man, I just got these rims, man. I just, I keep them polished. They look fly right now. I mean, I feel like a pimp when I'm driving down the road with these on. You know, they just, they don't, they weren't spinners or anything, but they're chromed out. I mean, it was awesome. And I was so mad. And I remember getting home and, and she walked inside and I got out of the side. And I walked around to her side and I was looking at it. and I was like, dang, man, what a, mm, man, I should just go curb her rims, you know, and just... Like, I'm thinking, you know, all those things that you want to say, but you never get to say, the kind of things, guys. And, uh, and so I was sitting there and I was looking at it, and, and I was just getting so angry at what she had done. And I felt like God telling me to go around and, and look at the other side. And as I walked around to the other side, I saw on the other front tire where I had curbed my rim. And I curbed it a lot worse than she did. And it was just a reminder that, you know what? You ain't there yet either. And when we approach relationships and we say, you know what, I'm not there yet either, man, and and we approach them with the same grace and the same tenderness and the same compassion that we would want them to approach us with, man, it just creates opportunities that we can go through and we can correct anything that's going off and astray in our relationship. And so We have got to walk with Christ if we're going to be fighting for our marriage. Second thing we have to do is we have got to see like Christ. We've got to see like Christ because, listen, we're all different. We are all different. If I hear another couple come up to me and say, man, I'm getting a divorce because we're just different, I want to be like, no joke, you're different. He's a guy. He likes to climb trees and kill things. You're a girl. You like to go shopping, and you like to take bubble baths. Okay? We're different. Listen, I've never met any guy that's like, man, it's been a tough day. I just want to go home and draw a bath and put candles out around and put a little Michael Buble on and just relax. Dude, and if you're that guy, we don't want to know. <laughs> Actually, we know who you are. You're wearing the plunging V-neck and the skinny jeans, so you're one of those guys. But just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> It's getting hot in here. <laughs> which is different, you know? I mean, we just are, you know, there's one of the relationships that type A personality and the other one's kind of the free spirit. You know, my wife, Shayla, she's totally that that type A personality. She wants to know every single detail when it's on the calendar, where we're gonna be going, how we're gonna be getting there, where she's gonna be sitting at the time. And I'm like, hey, whatever, you know, we just, we're just different, man. We just think differently. Shayla, all she wants to do is have sex with me all the time. And I just wanna cuddle and talk about my feelings. I mean, it's just... Wait, maybe I got that one backwards. <laughs> I, yeah. Man, we're different. And if, if we're going to see like Christ, man, we got to recognize that. In Philippians Philippians 2, two it says this, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, circle like-minded, and having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. And right here, I just want to take a couple minutes and talk to the singles because um, singles seem to have... Uh, the ability to violate this verse in dating more than anybody I know. And, and 90% of the time, it's the, the single girl that violates this verse. And, and next week, we're going to be talking to the guys. And, and on the 11th of, of September, we're going to be talking to the girls. And so we're going we're to gonna kind of break this down. But, um, but today, I, I really want to challenge the ladies here. I want to challenge them on, on who you date. And, and I want to read this verse again. It says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. And right there I want to stop because so many ladies I hear all the excuses I've I've heard them all you know being like-minded. Listen, if if you love Jesus and he doesn't, that isn't being like-minded. That is not being like-minded and and having the same love. Listen, you you so many girls are like, "But but he he likes God." You know, he likes God. Well, that's awesome. I mean, the demons even like God, it says in James. They, they believe in him, you know? It's, and this is my question to you is, is the lowest rung on your scale of looking for a relationship that a guy has to be demon possessed? Hey, mom, I brought home a demon. He's my boyfriend, you know? Come on, ladies. It goes on. By being one in spirit and purpose by being one in spirit and purpose. And so many times they say, man, I, I believe in God. You know, I just don't like church. Well, I, I question whether you, you really believe in God or love God at all, because here's the thing. It says that who is the head of the church? Jesus. And if you're all about Jesus, then you're all about church. And this is the thing. If you're dating a guy who is not committed to a local church, I wanna, I wanna have you question what else he's committed to. There's a good chance he's probably changed his major five times in the last seven years and that he probably only holds a job for 12 to 18 months and he changes jobs all the time because this is what I know. Guys that struggle in commitment with a relationship with God struggle more in a relationship with people even more. And let me just tell you something. If he's not committed to those things, there's a good chance he won't be committed to you. There's a good chance. But TJ, you don't understand. He loves me. Well, he loves you so much, but here's the deal. You're living with him Giving him all the benefits of a relationship where he doesn't have to commit at all. But but you don't understand. Listen, I understand. Go home today and tell him, you know what, for the next six months, we're going to take a break from sex and we're going to re- work on a relationship and see how committed he is to you. But but TJ, he's just not that emotional of a guy. Listen, when he's trying to get your pants off, I guarantee he's pretty emotional. Man, I've heard all the excuses. And if he's not committed in other areas, I doubt he's really going to be committed to you. Ladies, beware of the guy that you have to continuously be making excuses for. He is not a good choice for your life. Now, I I know I'm a little tough on the guys because, man, I I think about, man, if I have a daughter, what what is the kind of guy that I want that girl to marry? What is the kind of guy that I want that girl to marry? Man, and I, I'm passionate. I want to see guys that, that are passionate about God that, you know, that, that aren't just like, you know what, I have the right to get married. I have the right to, to date. I have the right to be, to be happy. Listen, we don't have any rights. When we accept Christ, we have responsibilities. I don't want to stand before a holy God and say, you know what, I have the right to do all this stuff when he's saying, you know what, I give you a responsibility to live this way. Because here's the deal, man. We've got to recognize that that as gods, man, we've got to we got to raise up to a higher standard, man. We have got to be passionately in love with Jesus and we got to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength because here's the reality today. More marriages are failing because guys are walking out because when they stand before that throne, when they stand before their friends and family and then make those vows and they make those commitments because they're not passionately in love with Jesus and they're not committed to that relationship, it's really easy for them to walk out on that person that they just took all those vows with. But if we were mad, in love with Jesus and he was our all in all and we are walking with him and we are seeing like him, man, we would not be walking out in the commitments that we're making, but we'd be standing strong in them and saying, you know what? I'm gonna, not going to fight. In my marriage, I'm going to fight for it. And it's time for guys to step up and be men today and stop kind of shuddering back and doing what feels right or what they perceived is their rights and start taking responsibility for their actions and for their relationships because they have got that role. It's time for for men to step up. And and you know what's sad is that today, I mean, and probably in the last five years, I've seen more ladies start to kind of waver towards this as well of of just not standing up to their commitments. And on the 11th, man, I promise I'll I'll tell you why. But today, man, I, I want to give you guys some homework. If, if we want to see like Christ, whether we're married, whether we're single, if you want to see like Christ in your relationships, there, there is a couple things I want you to do. Number one is I want you to get up early every day this week, whether that's five minutes, 10 minutes, however long it takes you to read, and read Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And then after you've done that, I want you to ask yourself two questions. The first one is, is show me where I'm falling short with my spouse. If you're not married, show me where I'm falling short in my relationships. Show me where I'm, I'm not living up to where I should be. Because a lot of times we go to our prayer life and we're like, God, get them. Tell them what's up, man. Change their hearts. And we need to be asking God, God, what do I need to do? How can I see them the way that you are? The second thing that, that we need to be saying is, is God, teach me to see my spouse through your eyes. Teach me to see that person that I'm in a relationship with through your eyes. Teach me to see my family through your eyes because here's what'll happen. We'll stop from going from this mentality that we've got to be served to how can we serve them? And we'll start seeing like Christ. And this is what I promise, man. If you do that over the next seven to 10 days, I guarantee you'll see some significant differences in your relationship because you're not focusing on yourself anymore. You're not focusing on your perceived rights. You're focusing on the responsibilities that you have In that relationship. So we got to walk like Christ, we got to see like Christ, and third, we got to be like Christ. We've got to be like Christ. We've got to learn how to live like Christ. Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 through 5, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. You know what this is saying? It's saying, do nothing. When you're doing stuff, make sure you're doing it with no strings attached. And this is hard, man. I, a, a couple of uh, years ago, I, I decided that I was gonna do something really awesome for my wife and I went out and I went to the Bath and Body Works and I got um, some, some cucumber melon. Any, any girls know what the cucumber melon lotion is? It smells really good. And I, and so and I was like, man, I'm gonna go home and give give my wife a massage, man. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna massage her legs and massage her back and I'm gonna rub the cucumber melon all over and you know, and, and it'll just be awesome. It'll be like this awesome, awesome day. So I, I, went, I went to Bath and Body Works, got this stuff came home, and I gave her like this hour-long massage, and I was like, yeah, you know, and, and later on that night, we were getting into bed, and I went, o- I leaned over to give her a kiss, and I was like, how about that massage, and, and she's like, that was great, that was great, and, I, and you know, I was, you know, I, I was kind of expecting so- something more, and, uh, <laughs> and I remember her looking over at me and saying, TJ, when are you going to do something for me with no strings attached, And it's like, man, she just punched me in the stomach. That's what it's talking about here. It's talking, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It says, but in humility. But in humility. Humility never points out the other person's fault. It starts with our own. Consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let me just tell you something. When you put the interests of your spouse above your own, let me just tell you something. You will not end up in divorce court. You will not end up in divorce court because you're putting their needs in front of yours. In and, and this last verse, this is one that, that always gets me. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ. My question is Is Could your spouse accuse you of that? Could your spouse accuse you of being too much like Jesus? Gosh, would you stop serving me? You're acting too much like Jesus. Man, why do you always want to do stuff for me? Would you stop being nice to me? I mean, can your spouse, when you stand next to, if you were to stand next to Jesus, would anybody be able to differentiate the two? Because that's what it's saying here. And I would guess that most of us they'd be able to differentiate really well because most of us are not being like Christ, but he's challenging us here, man. He's challenging us to here to take on the, the act of servanthood and to think about others before ourselves and, and to start taking on this attitude of, man, it's all about the other person. And Jesus was all about people. That's all he did. Because if you think about Jesus, he had the right when he came here to earth, he was the son of God. He had the right to be worshiped. He had the right to be adored. He had the right to rule and reign. He had the right to send single single one of us to hell for our sin but that isn't how he came he didn't come here th- saying these are all my rights man he came here in a lonely man- manner in a manger see he didn't come and and, and say man I, I deserve all these things he didn't come and say man these are all my rights man he came here and he fought for our affections he fought for them He didn't demand them. He said, man, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. And this is the thing. He went from a lowly manger to a cross and he never tapped out that entire time. He never quit. He said, man, I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna take it all the way because these people matter and I'm gonna fight for their affection. I'm gonna fight for their adoration. I'm gonna fight for their love. And my question to all of us, are we doing the same? Are we fighting for the affection of our spouse? Are we fighting for the love of our spouse? Are we fighting for the, the opportunity to have a relationship with them or are we fighting against them? And the thing is, is that we forget that, that God gave this incredible, incredible gift of relationship. He gave a son, he gave it all. And what he says is if we want to have healthy relationships, we've got to do the same thing. We've got to give it all. That's why Proverbs tells us in 18, Proverbs 18, 22, he who finds a spouse finds a good thing and finds favor from God. Man, God gave you this incredible gift of a relationship and he didn't say, man, just, just go part way, man. He said, give it all in it and you will find the most incredible thing that you've ever been looking for and that's this intimate relationship with one another. Let's not forget the gift that we've been given. One of Salvation, it starts first and foremost with us and Jesus. Everything rises and falls on that relationship. And my question, I have a couple questions for you today. The first one is this, is how are you doing with Jesus? Are you walking with him? Are you seeing like him? Are you being like him? What does that look like in your life today? my second question is, is, are you remembering that your spouse is a gift to you? Are you taking that relationship for granted? Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you and we thank you so much for the incredible gift that you've given us a salvation. God, I just pray that today that as there's people out there that have neglected that gift, maybe they've never experienced a relationship with Jesus. Maybe they don't know what it's like to walk with him and to see like him and to be like him. And they been, haven't been able to figure out, man, how do I make this marriage or how do I make this relationship or how do I make this family work? And the reality is, is we can't make it work. He can only make it work. It's when we have divine intervention. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe there's some of you guys that are out there today that you have not experienced that relationship. Maybe you don't know Jesus the way that we've been talking about Jesus. And you say, you know what? I want to have that kind of relationship. I want to have that kind of help. I want to recognize that, man, I can't do it on my own, but I need something. And if that's you here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, man, if you would just slip your hand up real quick, I'd love to pray with you. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. I see you. Man, all kinds of people. Yes, ma'am. Yes, You can put your hands down. Thank you, thank you. I just want you to pray this prayer with me as as I pray it. God, I just come before you and I thank you that you gave your son so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. God, I just pray that you just come into my heart and you take over. I thank you for dying on the cross, not so that I could just have life, but I could have it abundantly. God, and I just Repent of all the junk that I've messed up on. God, I wanna live for you. And I just ask for your help today. I need you to do something in my life. I need you to do something in my relationships. And I'm worn out and I'm tired of doing it on my own. And today I give it all to you. love you, Jesus. And there's some of you that you've just forgot that your spouse is a gift. And you just need to start treating them as a gift. And man, I want to pray for you as well, man. With every head bound and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up real quick. Yes, yes, yes. Don't be afraid. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. God, we just come before you, man. And so many people. You, more than anything, you establish relationship. You came to restore relationship. That's why you sent your son. You didn't send your son just so that he could die. You sent it so we could be restored back in relationship. And not only do you want to restore us in relationship with you, you want to restore us in relationship with other people, God. And I just pray that today that we would start to remember that our spouse is a gift, God, and you would start to bring restoration in those relationships, God, that we would, we would not just see them as a person that's part of our life, but we would see them as a valuable instrument, a gift that you have given us. God, help us to to walk with you today. Help us to see them the way that you see them. Help us to act out the way that you would act out towards them, God, and to love them unconditionally. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.